Gut Check Project fans and KBMD Health family, how are y'all doing? It is now time for another episode of the Gut Check Project. We've got a great guest today. Gabrielle Grandel joins us today. She is not only a dietitian, she's a functional medicine dietitian. That's right, functional medicine dietitian. She is functionally trained to take not only allopathic medicine, which is just traditional medicine, but combine it with new science and utilizing things like natural foods to realize the goals that you may be wanting to achieve for yourself. So join us today. This is an incredible episode, Gut Check Project. Anyhow, of course, we have sponsors, and those sponsors begin with Unrefined Bakery. If you want great food, just great food, you want great food, but you also want to make certain that it isn't going to make you sick, make you feel inflamed because you are gluten-free or you eat the paleo diet, Go to unrefinedbakery.com. Use code GUTCHECK and save 20% off of your very first order. That is unrefinedbakery.com. Of course, look up their locations if you want to go visit one of their stores. They are obviously adhering to the mask policy and making certain that everybody is safe when they visit their store. So go to unrefinedbakery.com for incredible food. Treat yourself. Unrefinedbakery.com. Of course, Atron Teal, developed by my co-host, Dr. Kenneth Brown. If you need polyphenols, and we all do, get your daily polyphenol intake supplemented with Atron Teal. It is the world's only clinically proven bloat relief product on the market. And how does it work like that? Because it actually does exactly what nature needs us to do, and that is stop methane production in the small bowel through the use of natural polyphenols. It's the only polyphenol supplement on the planet powered by Cabracho Colorado. This is an incredibly unique product, Atron Teal. We talk about it all of the time. There's just so many different applications for polyphenols for your health. Go to lovemytummy.com forward slash KBMD, lovemytummy.com for your daily polyphenol intake. And of course, you're listening to the Gut Check Project that is hosted by KBMD Health for the namesake of Kenneth Brown, medical doctor. Go to kbmdhealth.com for your very own clinically vetted CBD. Go there for your own professional broccolite. That's sulforaphanes. And of course, you can get your signature packages from Dr. Brown, which is the Atron Teal combined with CBD, your choice in flavor, sentiment, raw natural. Get your supplements to make certain that you are augmenting everything natural in your life. And you'll notice I've only mentioned three products. KBMD Health only features three products because they are all fully vetted. There's something special and unique about their offering. Broccoli Pro is only available from a physician. Guess what? Dr. Brown's a physician. That's exactly why he has it. Sulforaphanes, they are great for anti-aging. They are incredible for anti-cancer stuff, as well as CBD, stopping inflammation, Atron Teal, your daily polyphenol intake. Go to kbmdhealth.com. Use code GCP and save 20% off of any order today. All right, let's not waste any more time. Let's get straight to Gabrielle. Enjoy your day. Welcome, everybody, KBMD Health family and Gut Check Project fans. We are back now with episode number 37, and we have an incredible guest. This is Gabrielle Grandel. She's going to be joining us here in two minutes. But, of course, this is the Gut Check Project with your host, Dr. Ken Brown. Ken, you want to introduce Gabrielle for us? 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited about this. Uh, we were introduced through a mutual friend, Gabrielle Grandel. She is currently practicing at Living Well Dallas, a certified health coach, certified in functional med as well, and she calls herself an integrative dietitian. Why am I so excited about this? Because I would love to be sending her people like all day long. This is so cool. And my goal is that she has enough fun that she's a recurring guest slash co-host because I think she's going to really elevate all of our games and fill in a lot of gaps that, um, that I need some education on. Because even though I got a degree in gastroenterology, we do about this much nutrition and I'm learning about it a ton. So thank you so much for joining, Gabrielle. Hi, everybody. I'm glad to be here. Thank you guys for having me on. Looking Absolutely. forward to chatting today. Definitely. So, Gabrielle, you are at Living Well Dallas, correct? That is correct. So tell us a little bit about what it is you do at Living Well Dallas, because I have a feeling that with your experience, uh, something that Ken and I have talked about is how we see there is a stark difference between allo allopathic ideas behind nutrition and the approaches to nutrition. But really, there's this whole other world that's really started to gain steam, even though it's been around for a, a few decades, and that's the functional medicine approach to nutrition and how to help out with patients who have some, some pretty uh, hairy questions. So kind of tell us a little bit about uh, Living Well Dallas and what you do there. Yeah, thank you. So Living Well Dallas is um, the first functional medicine center in Dallas. Whoops, I hit something here on my screen. <laughs> it's okay. We okay, all, sometimes we, we always do things. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, we always do. It. Um, so it's the first functional medicine center in Dallas. And um, so functional medicine, right, is, is about thinking about the medicine sort of, of, of why. Why are things happening? Why, uh, why are these symptoms talking to us? And not just what is going on, but why is it happening and what can we do about it? Um, and so functional medicine is, that's, you know, there's lots of different providers in the center that offer help in treating the whole person because it might be different, um, different things that they're dealing with. Um, that they need support in. But where I come in is helping people with uh, showing them how nutrition and what they're eating, their lifestyle, their environment, how all of that is helping um, or hurting them. And so most of the time what's going on with these folks, whether it be digestive concerns or uh, headaches or hormonal issues or blood sugar dysregulation, we see all different kinds of, of people, but the different symptoms that they're experiencing are usually as a result of what they're putting in their body and what they're putting around them, right? Which is nutrition and Definitely. lifestyle and, uh, you know, environment. So I help people. We have, when, they, when people come in, they fill out a good deal of paperwork, um, which gives us uh, a really good understanding of their history, kind of their goals, um, their readiness, we have a readiness assessment, which is really nice to try to gauge where people are coming from in terms of if they're ready to change their diet or their exercise or their sleep patterns or whatnot. Uh, we have them fill those things out. That gives me a good understanding of um, how they came to us and what they're ready to do, what their diet history is like. Again, their environment, relationships, things like that, purpose. Um, and so we have them fill those things out and then I'm going to go through that with them in their first visit, and we're going to talk about all the different um, 
ways that their body is speaking to them, what has worked before, what uh, hasn't. Um, one of the main differences, I think, between allopathic and functional um, for what I do is the amount of time that I'm spending with people. So before I was at the center, um, one of my other uh, positions was at the hospital doing clinical nutrition and seeing, you know, 25 to 30 people um, in a short period of time all sure. over the hospital. Which, uh, so you were at a major hospital? One, I was at one of the hospitals. Bumsey at Baylor University oh, Medical yeah. Center. Yeah, in Dallas. Which so is I, I love this. So you went, and the reason why is Eric's heard me complain about this, and I've talked to my patients about this. Um, whenever I do hospital work, I am just absolutely shocked at how many bad things we do to patients. Like, let's not let them sleep. Let's check their blood glucose at mm -hmm. 2 a.m. and no reason. Let's, let's do vitals just so that we can check a box. And then somebody that's uh, in the cardiac rehab unit, they're eating their cardiac uh, diet, which consists of pancakes, syrup, right uh, you know but and it's I low fat it, oh it's just, as long as it's low fat yeah, yeah. exactly so that's yeah. awesome i did not know that you did that this is this is fantastic okay keep going i didn't mean to interrupt but that is no, that great. that shift of being a nutritionist in a hospital system to mm -hmm. doing what you're doing is you cannot get more polar opposite <laughs> well, hey, and gabrielle before you have to, to go too deep on on uh, why i completely feel like the association for what ken's looking for for his patients and then what it is that you provide, the audience may or may not realize that allopathic uh, medicine itself is just traditional medicine as we view it today. Mm -hmm. And even though the word itself means scientifically based, I think that what has really appealed to Ken and me and others like, like all three of us is that functional medicine has not forgotten the ideas behind applying new science to improve upon old methods. And right. The intake that you're talking about, traditionally, 15 years ago, there wasn't always a nutritionist who was experienced that took the time to one-on-one -on -one walk a patient through what's affecting them generally. I'm sorry, specifically, they were more general in approach. Very, yeah. Nothing was, was individualized. And, you know, I, I think that um, – I don't think there should be really a monopoly on who can provide health information and who can help – uh, people, right? There, there has been, but hopefully that changes as time goes on. Um, so yeah, so doing the, doing the intake paperwork and taking the time is very different than at the hospital where we'd see 25 or 30 people and we'd, you know, it's almost, I, you know, no disrespect because I know that there's a lot of dietitians and there's a lot of people in the hospital that are making a difference and, you know, uh, really helping out. But it's almost like glorified lunch ladies. Like we don't, we're talking about calorie counting. We're talking about, you know, tube feed. All this stuff is important, but what about the quality? Um, you know, there, there's not enough emphasis on, on quality of food and again, an individualized approach. And so, um, so I think that's number one. One of the main differences is just the amount of time. So it's like 90 minutes for a first visit. And then yeah. after that, which sounds like a lot, but really once you get the people talking and, you know, you are understanding what's going on and then you start talking about their, their goals and things, um, time goes by really quick. I often, you know, struggle with keeping it to that time. Actually, you have, like run, you, run over you, sorry, Eric, really quick. Uh, just one of the best quotes I've heard in a long time. 
what I do is I find out what the symptoms are talking to my patients about. You mm. said t- the symptoms talk to us. Yeah. Very different from my perspective where you have a symptom, I treat it. The right. Saying something and we're ignoring what they're saying many times. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, if our hormones, I'll just use as an example, are talking to us as ladies around our cycle, it's not, is the answer to take birth control pills, you know, and suppress that or try to figure out what else maybe we could do to get things in balance um, in our, in our lives. You know, and there's a lot of examples like that, I think. Well, I was going to say that there's also an, uh, in addition to the client-based focus, I would say that even in a general approach, <clears throat> that a functional medicine or a functionally uh, trained nutritionist is already approaching certain uh, patient subsets differently than they did traditionally. Uh, Ken, what I'm thinking about is specifically how you talked about all of the most recent data that we know about what uh, can make a heart disease patient or someone more susceptible and how the type of diet has changed over time, how we care for them. Yet when we go into a hospital setting or specifically what you saw most recently, you, you, you can't believe what they're sending somebody who's status post cabbage and it's all of the things that we wouldn't be feeding them anyway. It's, it's in, in essence an, a, uh, an inflammatory uh, diet. And I was kind of curious, Gabrielle, yeah. do you find your training uh, generally prepares you to handle either a neurology patient or a cardiology patient different than the allopathic training? I think, right, I think over time, what I've been learning, you know, because I've been blessed to really work alongside some pretty intelligent mentors and, you know, I've been blessed to go to conferences and learn from a lot of, a lot of people. I think that what I was taught, um, I've had to expand it quite a bit, you know, and sort of unlearn some of the things that I was, was taught. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, the biochemistry is, is the same and things, but, but we, um, I didn't, I never realized how much influence big ag and big food and, and pharma had oh. on the dietetics industry. You know, Jay, right there, because the reality is that as, as an allopathic physician, it seems like when I talk to my colleagues, unless in my field, unless a drug rep shows up and hands them a detail piece, there is no literature on that. But then when you go look at it and you realize there's so much literature on this. And then when we look back, my son and I were talking about how we have, um, our diets have changed like over time as we evolved and we have developed these different problems based on different food changes, based on different things. And then you could see it track over hundreds of years of what's going on. I was just listening to a podcast on, um, on breath work and breathing and that kind of thing and about how so many of us have, you know, poor ability to breathe and it's because of our anatomy has changed because of the food that we did. It just gets really complex. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that we have control over is what we put in our mouths. And, you know, we're telling people from, at least in my perspective, uh, when I see people, I don't do this big intake thing like you do, but it is pretty fun. Every once in a while I'll walk into when we used to be able to see patients in the office and somebody will have a McDonald's uh, uh, cup right there. And I'm like, yep, that's the problem. Don't even know who you are, what you're here for. I don't care. That's the problem right there. (laughs) It's contributing for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, How in the world did you go from the hospital and say, I'm going to make a complete change here and be a holistic or basically an integrative dietitian? Yeah. So, um, 
it just wasn't as rewarding as I had anticipated it being. Um, you know, I, I felt it was, it was, I was making a difference, which is part of why I chose to get into nutrition in the first place. I was making a difference with some of these people, but to your point, they, their families and, you know, they bring back, uh, McDonald's and fast food to these people and the diabetes, you know, people, they'd be in there the next month and then the next month. And it's just, um, Anyway, so it became less where I felt like I was really making a difference and that anyone was really listening to anything about nutrition. And it was such an emphasis on surgery and such an emphasis on medication. And my role was very, seemed more like data entry almost. Um, And so uh, I just wasn't making the difference with the clients because I didn't have enough time to help them out and really talk through them and, you know, you get trumped by um, those other things in the hospital. And so um, it was a good experience, but I just started looking into, uh, just started reading and started looking, found functional medicine and thought, this is really interesting. Um, this is really, they're really getting to the root of what's happening, which often is there is people's diets. You know, there's these other factors, of course, but um, this is really cool. And so back when Craigslist was kind of a, a thing, um, I randomly got on Craigslist and was looking for a job. You know, I had a job, I was fine, but I thought, I want to see if there's anything else out there. And um, I came across a position in a small boutique functional medicine office working with a, a MD, ob who had her private practice. And the idea was always that I was going to do nutrition consulting, but I kind of started off doing more office, kind of running her office and helping explain things to clients and stuff. And then she um, ended up taking off into a bigger center and I started growing more skills and um, was able to, to take these consults on and learned, you know, by shadowing and stuff, I learned a lot of how to interpret tests and, um, you know, help people with, with how to, to make those changes that they needed to make. That's awesome. Uh, just to let you know, I just got on Craigslist right now, and there's no jobs for functional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of other I stuff know. Out there, but, uh, that was totally a godsend <laughs> thing. Like, I didn't even look very long. I think I was one of the only people she interviewed. Like, it was meant to. It was meant to be, but it's funny how I found it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you also have some uh, some experience with functional lab testing as well. How how did you how did you make that leap to do that? Not not all uh, functional dietitians do that. Yeah. So it really, you know, it's just as again, a, a blessing of kind of shadowing these doctors um, and these, you know, people that have been doing this for a long time, they really taught me a lot of what I know about interpretation. Um, I didn't learn it in, in school or any of the certifications, you know, that I've done it, except for one that's kind of more recent. Um, so I just started shadowing in on appointments and listening and learning and taking notes and studying and understanding, um, you know, that these are the actual ranges that we want to look for from a preventative standpoint and why and how conventional ranges are based on sick population of folks and um, for the most part. And that there's a lot more that we can look at versus just some blood tests. I think blood tests are valuable. Um, you know, and urine tests can be valuable, but there's so much more that we can explore and understand through looking at the function of the body, you know, because the body works really hard to keep, keep the blood clean. And, you know, so looking at urine and looking at, um, its stool tests and looking at saliva to a lesser extent, uh, really opens up a lot of, um, 
a lot of areas and helps it be that much more individualized and focused. So that's the other really great thing is that with functional medicine, um, <laughs> we're a visitor. Uh, hi, Luciana. <laughs> um, so with functional medicine, we we get to make it personalized. And by asking all these questions <laughs> and diving deeper into their life and what's going on um, helps us determine what direction we want to go. Okay, so I have a patient and I'm treating them for um, this is uh, whatever. I'm treating them for anything. Okay. Ulcerative colitis. Mm -hmm. I said, you know what? You're, I don't think that your diet's on point. I think you're whatever. So I sent them to you. What would be some typical labs that you're talking about that you would want to look at that, that me using the duologies of Quest Lab or LabCorp, you know, the two largest ones that have the standard ranges, you're saying that you can dive deep. Just to give you an example of the, the elevated care that you can do from at least a lab perspective. Yeah. So like if it was a digestive patient, you know, and they hadn't had any stool tests done, um, anytime soon, I always like to look and see what they've got, what they've had done. Right. So we don't rerun something that we don't, um, you know, is not necessary or helpful, but I would want to look at a stool test and beyond what most stool tests show, which are just some of the pathogenic, um, bacteria or some of the pathogenic parasites or something maybe, um, pretty limited, you know, and with the stool test, we can actually look and see who's all living in there, right? Because we know how much uh, the microbes play a role. So it's bacteria, fungus, viruses, worms, parasites, all those things, plus digestive function. So looking at, um, you know, bile acids, pancreatic elastase, looking to see how those organs are, are functioning. And then, um, and then also inflammation and different markers from the um, immune system, I think is really helpful to put it all together and then use nutrition and supplements and lifestyle like mindful eating and, and whatnot, you know, to help them to um, eradicate those things. So like a colonoscopy or endoscopy or biopsies can be helpful. Obviously, you know that and for structural um, findings and different things like that. But with the stool test, we can most often figure out where is that, what's, that is the source of the inflammation, you know, a, a lot of times. So what, how can I help kind of coach people through understanding that they can have all these things going on without even having gut symptoms? Your person that you, in your recommendation, you know, obviously would, but um, there are several people that I see that, that I, I do stool tests with because what we know about the connection with immunity and neurotransmitters and, you know, just overall health and, and vitality metabolism. So that would be one might be, um, I might want to look at nutrient and vitamin levels through blood and, and urine. So there's a really cool test from Genova called a NutraEval. I don't know if you guys have heard of that before. Um, but it looks at uh, vitamin and mineral levels. It looks at a snapshot about neurotransmitters, so some of the organic acid metabolites. Um, it looks at heavy metals in whole blood, so that's kind of cool, you know, to show people. Um, cool, I guess, is a relative word. Um, it's <laughs> depending hey, on what, what we're doing. So hey, cool. you know, you got a lot of mercury you, in here. <laughs> is there any chance that you've been eating paint because you're <laughs> right. through the roof? 
Bad news is you're going to die. Good news. I figured it out. We found it. Yeah. Hey, I've got a question for you, Gabrielle. When sure. in, in utilizing these functional medicine tests, because I think that we all know that they're on, they're on the, the early stage of really figuring out, and they're learning each month on, on what new parameter matters most. And then they, and we've, we've all three of us seen where they thought uh, the emphasis would be here. And sometimes they dial it back only to find out that it's actually in this direction. Have you seen, or ballpark, I guess I know you've seen it, but uh, can you ballpark about how many people do you have an initial study on that after good guidance, good counseling, and obviously adherence or compliance to what you lay out for them, how many, how many or, or what, what percentage roughly come back and then in six months or 12 months have shown an improvement, a desired, uh, a desired improvement in those tests. And then before you get to that, um, also, if you could figure out what happened to Eric there where he had that pettit mall seizure where he slowed way down and then sped way up, <laughs> yeah. you could yeah, fix I don't that know. also. Is that, is that not something that y'all wanted? I thought, <laughs> I thought that was... We're both staring at you and it's like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I dialed all of that in. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, you know, I wish that we had something a little more concrete, you know, to, to offer. No one's doing any real research on any of that um, in our office, but I would say I don't ever have anybody not get better. It's right. just to what degree do they get better and how fast. So yes, I, I like to kind of set the stage of depending on what's going on, most people are not going to fully eradicate the situation, you know, sooner than six months. Um, but they're going to start feeling better within a couple of weeks if they really start changing their diet. Um, so or you could say an improvement in those at least correlates. You're seeing correlation between improvement in quality of life, happiness, yeah. more, and I, I would assume that certain symptoms would obviously include the general anxiety, sleeplessness, et cetera. As those things begin to improve, even though this is somewhat relatively new science, you're, you're seeing a correlation to improvement in quality of life as well as an improvement in these, these assays or these tests. Right. More so what I'm kind of measuring is this, yeah, the conversation that we're having, what they're telling me is going well and, you know, what their mood is. But I also have a symptoms questionnaire that people fill out mm -hmm. that rates different body systems and different um, symptoms within those body systems. So like there might be mind or emotion or digestive or skin or whatever. And so then they put a number out next to the side of it. And I'm always looking when they come in for the next visit did those symptoms go down, right? Did they get better? Um, that's always the goal. And then if there's an outlier that didn't get better, right? Like their sleep still stinks or something, then we're going to talk about that, you know? Um, but so, yeah, I think everybody's always getting better. Um, do some people need more therapies or more intense, you know, surgery or medications or something that absolutely happens, you know, but, but more often than not, the folks that are coming to see me are people that have actually seen a lot of other people um, with no to no avail because no one was really looking so much at their nutrition and lifestyle because that's really where the money, you know, that's really where the money is for most people when they awesome. can change those things and get a hold of them. Things get better. Did I answer your question? No, totally. I mean, because I think that it's such a relatively new approach and a new science and Ken and I've had some pretty extensive discussions on uh, uh, even something is, uh, I say, simple, but people talk about it all the time. That's fecal testing. 
And mm-hmm. what, what out of all of the different things, and there's various different labs that come and pitch his clinic on the services that they can provide. When it gets down to it, there are certain elements that people feel very, very dialed into on what those results mean. And a lot of the others, I think you were very honest. It's, it's new. It's, it's how are we collecting this data to make certain that we're heading in the right direction. Ultimately, a patient who doesn't feel well, once they begin to feel well, you're at least solving some of the issues. If they're sleeping better, then you're solving insomnia. If, if they have right. decreased anxiety, then we're at least solving their anxious issues. So it makes sense to me that if we're starting to find correlating trends, then we're, there, we're at least beginning to crack the code on a lot of this functional medicine testing that frankly, 15 years ago, just did not exist. Yeah, yeah, let me ask you that question mm-hmm. from, a, from a clinical standpoint. So what I get sure. a lot of is I get a lot of second opinions and a lot of people have actually found me through a functional medicine route where they went allopathic and then they went through a bunch of functional medicine style like all practitioners, there's good, bad, there's things, and then they end up spending quite a bit of money and then they'll show up and they'll have five different stool studies from different places, Genova, Vibrant, wherever, and they'll just hand this big packet to me and go, what's this? And I remember listening to some different practitioners talk about stuff like this. They're like, look, we can analyze the stool. How we manipulate it is kind of, or how we get it better is sort of the hard part. Mm -hmm. Being able to get a genomic sequence is the easy part. So the hard part is what you're going to have to do with that. So what would you typically do? And I said, I was turned on to it. Um, You know, we developed Atron Teal for bloating and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And I remember I was asked to give an IFM talk, the local Dallas IFM group. um, And Betty Murray was there and a bunch of the other functional medicine doctors were there. When somebody had mentioned that they checked stool studies and then what they wanted to see afterwards, they checked it after treating with Atron Teal, which has the polyphenols like in your little Facebook post, great. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, they, uh, they said that it increased the microbial diversity. So from a um, integrative dietitian, what would you do with those stool studies? Because I'm flat out, I look at my patients and I go, don't really know what to do with this. So how would you, and it's almost always the same thing, dysbiosis, gluten intolerance, candida overgrowth, and then you have a, the disproportionate growth of these different bacteria. You know, we have a hundred trillion bacteria there. So it's always, mm-hmm. it's always hard for me to look at somebody that's spending $800 on each one of these stool tests and go, I don't know what to do with it yet. Sure. We're, yeah. learning. We're, we're learning. First step is being able to, to look at it. Second step is figuring out how to manipulate it. So how would, what would you do with those stool studies? And this is less of an interview question, more of an advice. And I think it's really great too that you're just, you have mentioned that we don't know everything, that we're always learning, that everything is always growing. You know, I think that that's a real sign of intelligence and something that functional medicine kind of prides on is, is evidence-based and just continuing to grow that one size doesn't fit all. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I think that there's some of the similarities that would happen across the board from different stool tests, no matter what it was. Um, and you mentioned several of them. Um, so, Depending on what we find, you know, we might, I'm going to use supplements in food and lifestyle. So let's say, you know, again, if it's an overgrowth situation of uh, bacteria and, and if they're having gas and bloating and distension type symptoms, then I may offer the low FODMAP, you know, food plan, which you guys are probably familiar with just, you know, looking at um, particular starches and fibers that help to starve out those bacteria and try and 
uh, work with them on that. If how, long they, do you, how long would you let somebody be on a low FODMAP diet? Typically. That's a good question. I really don't try to do it very long. Um, I really try to do it at least for a month, but I don't do it much longer than that, depending on their situation. Now, if they're not somebody that's compliant with taking some of my antimicrobial supplementation or gut repair supplements, or they're not doing you know, a lot of other things, then I might keep them on it longer because they're probably still having the symptoms. And I think at least we're starving out those bacteria. But where I'm trying to meet people where they are because another thing to always think about when you when you're giving food plans or or diet protocols around stuff is people's ability to make that food, right? Their resources, their flavor preferences, their schedules, et cetera, et cetera, right? And so I can show them this FODMAP plan and say, this is, you know, what why this will work and here's the foods and you know, you want to eat those foods but then I'm going to take that time to really break down how they can make that happen. And that also determines the time frame of how long and whether we make any exceptions or not, you know? So this gets into your, so that you're the integrative dietitian, but then you have to put on your hat of the, the certified hat. health coach. Yeah. yeah then you have right. to do that because you got to change habits here. That's right. You got to educate and then get them to believe in it and yep. do that educate them and tell them the why and then figure out what their why is and then help them do the things, you know? And so I, like, I like to say it's biology to behavior change. Um, so, you know, depending on what we find, do you own question, all these cool quotes that you're throwing out there? <laughs> <laughs> like have you trademarked them? So I'm, I haven't. We can all use them. T-shirts. I mean. We can all share them. <laughs> <laughs> you make a t-shirt that you can, you can have it. That'd be cool. Um, so, as long as you let me wear one. Um, <laughs> so what else would I do supplement wise? It depends, you know, because it depends on what we're dealing with. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's helping them to, to take ownership around what they s found here and how it got created and then try to help them see that it doesn't, changes can happen without all happening at once. Um, they can happen as the people are ready. So it's all on their, on their timeline. Um, and I can give advice and I tell them I'm never going to steer them in the wrong direction, but they're in charge. Right. And, and I think that's where the coaching, uh, the functional medicine specific kind of coaching comes in. Um, and why I decided to you know, to do those certifications and then be, become national board certified because I really believe that functional medicine, um, just health coaching in general, but specifically functional medicine is going to be really where the life change happens for a lot of these people because skill sets like your skill set um, would be more utilized in doing the actual procedures, explaining to them about the results, you know, and, but then they need they need help doing the protocol to address the results. And so, um, so that's why I think coaching is so vital because it's going to really allow for practitioners to partner with coaches to be able to help the client with their success and their, their health. Cause a lot of people just don't have the time or, um, you know, that really a lot of times it's the time to take with, with people to really invest in that as much as you might be interested in it. You know, you're, you're busy doing this and you're doing this. And then, um, 
So partnering with the coach is, can be really helpful to help hold that space for the clients so that they is, need. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And I, I'm underutilizing health coaches right now in my practice. And part of it is just because the the demand that's, that's, you know, it's a, a high volume. I get very, you know, second, mm-hmm. third opinions where we're trying to go through some different stuff. And so as a, as a coach, what I, what I at least tell my patients is that I try and take some of the burden off of them because what you have is somebody that um, feels guilty about how they're eating fast food and they're driving home and they're, they're tired. And I try to explain to them, well, sometimes it's not you it's the fact that you've cultured these microbiome that are sending signals mm-hmm. to your brains to go follow up on that. Mm-hmm. So what I want to know as a health coach, one of the terms that I, or one of the things I try and do with my patients is create friction on the bad habit, meaning let's find a way to make it more difficult for these kind of things to happen. That's mm-hmm. kind of how we got people to quit smoking. We just tax the snot out of it and people mm-hmm. stopped. So creating some friction. Do you ever, have you found little techniques to help your clients overcome? Cause it's that first, hurdle that sugar crash the way that I mean I I truly believe that a lot of this people they intellectually want it but mm-hmm. it's that's it, how they grew up it's where they're at it's I mean and we can talk about different cities I was just in a small town in uh, East Texas and my son and I were trying to eat healthy and that was not possible just period right so yeah what are some of your tricks as a coach some of your secrets that you win <laughs> Um, I think my secret is being mindful and intentional and really trying to be there and present with them to hear what it is that they need because everybody is truly different. I I really don't, even like if we use the sugar craving, you know, example, there's probably about 10 different reasons I could come up with right now that people have for why they have sugar cravings. So I think it's taking the time. I think one of the tricks I have is, is taking the time with them to build that rapport, to help them understand that they can trust me, that um, I'm authentic, that we can be honest with each other, um, that, that I'm going to give them informed consent. So I'm going to tell them pros and cons about things, but I want to understand more about, like you said, they intellectually might know that they don't want to eat this, you know, cookie, but then they keep finding themselves coming back to the cookie. Well, talking through their day and what else surrounded that and kind of helping them to let me in a little bit to the scenario helps me figure out where I can guide them, where I can coach them. It might not be, um, you know, while I think it's helpful to share with them that maybe their yeast overgrowth is contributing to their sugar craving, um, I want to also spend time talking to them about how what we're doing is helping to get rid of that, that threat and um, what other scenarios can we do in our life that, that also could contribute to sugar cravings. How can we kind of be proactive about not putting ourselves in that situation? So it's kind of similar where we create a friction, we make it hard for them to do that, that habit. Sometimes I go that route, but some people need other types of encouragement or there might be, you know, it might be that really the reason why they go to that cookie is because they had an argument with their spouse that they have almost every night. Um, you know, and so what needs to be addressed over there or is it that they didn't eat all day long, you know, and 
maybe that's why or whatever, you know, there's various different things. So I don't know. I, that's kind of a long answer to your question about what are my tricks. It's a great I don't know answer. That I, it's that a, I have like specific tricks because everybody, I just try to kind of fill them out. And, um, I probably have a couple of one liners as you can tell, you know, uh, <laughs> that I throw in <laughs> and mix those in, but I just want them to know that I'm there for them and that health is really a cool thing where it doesn't happen in a black and white all in or nothing kind of scenario. It's all every step you take helps you get there. Right. And figuring out why you're doing it and then coming, playing back into that motivation um, can keep them on track along with education. And it seems to me like that, that such a, such a key part in so many things on changing one's, daily habits into better habits is just simply recognizing what puts you where you are. And mm -hmm. you hit the nail on the head. We've, we've talked about certain different things, uh, maybe not necessarily in terms of just health coaching, but I completely agree with you, Gabrielle, if you can identify what is triggering you to do something that you already don't want to do, Mm -hmm. then obviously that's not the way to deal with the thing that you don't want to do. So it's, <laughs> it's more or less, can you improve a different part of your life? It sounds to me, can you improve a different part of your life or change a routine that's going to allow you to not necessarily feel the need to, to break the trend? Is that, is that kind of right? Yeah. And I think, and I think we all need partners. I think we all need help and coaches and support and guidance. You know, um, I don't think any of us have anything all figured out a hundred percent. So the coaching can come in and help you shed light on, on things that you may not take the time or uh, have the ability to break it down and see it that way, you know, see it from a, a different angle. Eric's pretty close though about having everything <laughs> figured out. I mean, he's this Well, close. that's pretty obvious. Yeah. So we could all learn a lot from, from Eric. Oh, yeah. By myself, I don't have it all figured out. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, Eric will uh, teach us some things. a ridiculous claim, but thanks for playing along with Ken. That makes me feel really well. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding? I said in the very beginning, I'm learning how to breathe. I haven't even mastered that. I've mean, been doing that for almost 50 years. So, just Okay, learning. so I've got, something, uh, I've got something that Gabrielle shared in her intake, uh, Ken, and I'm, go I'm just curious if you can name any of her. So we've heard the way that she scientifically thinks through a few things, yeah. et cetera. Ken and I, whenever we scope together, we, we have different days, different playlists. We try to listen to pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. um, can you just out of thin air pick one of her top five bands? Now, she's listed five <laughs> on here, I believe. No, actually, she listed six. She didn't follow rules very well. But she listed six, and none of them didn't debut before the year 2000. So all of these <laughs> looks like they were in, in, uh, in, in the nineties and uh, all of them are, are bands that I've, I listened to. Can you name one of them? Ken? Yeah. So this, this should be pretty easy because everybody I've ever met that surfs Craigslist loves Metallica. I'm so close, but no, <laughs> not even there. Not even, not, not, not there. See, but, she threw me off with the Craigslist thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> her, her first band listed, and I love this because we were just Cake. listening to them last week, is, is uh, Rage Against the Machine. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah cake, cake's so a close. Big Cake is definitely Cake a is player. a good one. Yeah. Metallica is a good one, too. Eric and I are, I, I basically, well, we basically always have music going at all times. And so it's, uh, 
It's just part of our existence. It helps the patients. Patients come in. If you're a patient listening to this, you know that there's always some music. And then it's funny yeah. because I've had patients for so long that they'll come in and be like, hey, you had like whatever hardcore rap playing last time and now you've got some some funky soul going and i'm like yeah i, I evolve <laughs> yeah right like we should yeah but ch check this her, her her span is is large really because even though these are somewhat related they actually they hit a lot of stuff it's it's rage against the machine she listed Soundgarden, uh which of course is that that great seattle sound then you have sublime which is oh. a in huge rotation are you kidding in, me uh, gi suite I don't then practice Santeria, buddy. <laughs> then she gets into some quest love and she, she put on here the roots and then the Fugees and no doubt. So I, Holy cow. If I just actually would have, I was trying to be funny about the Craigslist, but I probably would have said those. <laughs> we listen to them all the time. We're all in good company here. Absolutely. And there's, and there's a lot of other artists, you know, it's just, I was trying to think bands specifically. Right. Oh, and I feel no. like there's not, this is perfect. This is inside. Yeah. These, these are, right. to me, these are not throwaway band names. This is, <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't go within the last 20 years. You went with people who typically write their own stuff. Lots yeah, of bass, heavy, very talented bands. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm into it. I think that's awesome. Cool. Me too. Well, um, Ken, did you have? Yeah, I got, I, got, I got one other thing. I want to throw this at you, Gabrielle. What are the top three things oh, you tell your coaches or that you tell your clients as a coach, non-nutritional that you have them do to improve right. their lifestyle? Mm. Um, well, I talk about quality, quality of air, quality of water, quality of relationships, quality of food. Um, but I tell them to move. Tell them to move their bodies, find something that they like. Um, oh, I thought, I thought you said up. you need to move out of your house. You need to move. <laughs> I tell them to move Thanks. because it's toxic. <laughs> and they got to get out of there. Uh, tell them to move their bodies, go outside, um, get in the nature. If they can do one in the same with that, then that's really, that's really a sweet spot. Um, to get some sleep, to know their worth. That's... Awesome. It actually, it seems like it all augments upon everything else that you're trying to teach them. I hope so. I hope that's the message just to empower them. That's really what I want to do is I want to empower them to know that their choices are super significant, um, to live a, a healthy, happy life that they're proud of and show up in the world the way they, they want to. Um, and hopefully I can help them, you know, accomplish that and keep, many, them, keep them accountable you've, you've said the word empower several different times and i like the way that you're talking about this because you've talked about relationships a few times empowerment a few times mm -hmm. self-worth um so i'm seeing a theme here that how many of your clients come into you and they do not feel good about themselves so therefore it's hard for them to treat themselves well yeah i would say a good percentage and that doesn't always come out in the first visit Sometimes I have to dig, dig around and I find that, but it's not just females, it's males too. And the younger, the, unfortunately, some of the younger generation of kids, you know, some teenagers that I see. Um, yeah. So that's that. people like you are so important and clinicians like you are Thanks. so important because what I'm seeing a ton of right now is I get people with 
irritable bowel, fibromyalgia, fatigue, and they're on four different antidepressants. They're on anti-anxiety and they're 22 years old. Yes. Very, it's very hard for me to sit there and look at that and go, well, we're, the side effects of your drugs alone are going to be the uphill battle of how we get you feeling better. So I think that more people are taking that approach is awesome. You can say something, Eric? Yeah, actually, uh, I think that's what I'm going to build upon what she said, what you just said. And when you, you listed specific, in fact, you listed four different things, but the last thing you said was know your worth. But the first three things were actionable and knowing your worth is a hard thing to do because now there's instructions on how to know your worth. And then whenever you said young people and Ken said that your position is very important, I'm just curious if you're trying to coach someone who is young, one of the newest devices that has affected us all is the, is the cell phone. Mm-hmm. And do you ever have to find yourself telling someone, hey, possibly if you're looking at your screen time registry per day, which is I think on the iPhones, you can have set, set it so that each week it tells you how many hours you spent average each day on your phone. If, if possibly driving down the uh, pervasive or social networking thing might help them get over some of the driven anxiety or different things like that. Is that something that you ever have to coach someone on? Totally. Awesome. Yeah. And so not only from a comparison standpoint and constant stimulus standpoint, but also from a, a Wi-Fi, you know, radiation standpoint too. Sure. All of that stuff can be contributing to their, to their mood. And you're talking about EM- EMS. EMS implication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we talk about it from both angles. Um, thought. I'll be right back. Hey, I had a, while he's stepping away, I was going to say, did you, did you happen to see that there is a, uh, I don't remember if he's a, a U.S. representative or a senator, but here recently they just came out with a clip where they are introducing legislation to ban TikTok, for instance, from being used on any governmental devices, especially for anybody in the Pentagon, because oh. it is an addictive app that is uh, essentially recording keystrokes. And everything, I mean, so now they're, they're cataloging your passwords. They're cataloging what you yeah. do all day. And it's, it, of course, it's, it's preying upon your emotions, your anxiety, making you feel as if you have to use it over and over right. and over again. Yeah, they say data is the new oil, right? Oh, so where everyone's looking to capture as much sure. data. And the more devices we have on us all the time, you know, uh, the easier it is for them to, to do that. So I'm late to the game with the whole EMF thing because Eric and I have been part of several, um, I don't know, what do you call them, entrepreneur groups, and there's a lot mm-hmm. of functional doctors part of it. We're going to talk about the Wi-Fi EMF. I got myself a voltmeter. Oh, yeah? So that I can, what are you finding? Are you- well, here's why. I'm trying to do some earthing and some grounding. Yeah. So I got a silver embedded sheet that I'm now doing it, and I can, I can plug this with my voltmeter, and I will grab my phone, and the volts just go up, and you're like, ooh. And then I was watching a video where some guy walks closer towards a uh, power line mm-hmm. and it just starts going up. Off the chart. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. so I need objective data. So that's kind of my thing. Like if you say that and you go EMF, oh, that's quackery. And then you, I go get something to prove or disprove it. And you're like, oh, man. Oh, wait, there's something to that. Wait a minute. There's something to that. Now I, yeah. I start about thinking about putting my phone in my pocket. And I'm like, that's a little too close to the nether. Maybe not. Let's just move it away from there. <laughs> Right. Yeah. 
We but can... it's it's funny because when I talk to my colleagues and stuff, and um, the, just it just we're inundated with so much information. And you're right, the phone is certainly one of them right there. But when you're talking about this stuff, it's like if you vomited all that at once at somebody, then you almost discredit yourself. It's like they're all over because you do get a lot of people um, that that have this passion. And when you have a lot of passion about something, I do. I tend to vomit and talk about it all the time. I'll listen mm -hmm. to a podcast. Eric will hear me talk about, we need to breathe. Everybody cover your right nostril, now your left nostril, and we're going <laughs> to focus. But your ability to develop the relationship with your clients is what's really going to make the difference. And your ability to take the time to explain these things validates the actual field. So thank you for doing that. That's awesome. Yeah, my pleasure. I really feel blessed to do it. And it's nice to, you know, see people's See people that people to be able to step into, you know, what they want to be and what they're kind of called to be. Um, not that I'm, you know, <laughs> some my guru healer or something, but I think we all play a role in that. And, uh, it feels really nice to, uh, to encourage people in that way. That's awesome. Absolutely. Well, Hey, uh, Gabrielle, I know that what, uh, if people go to livingwelldallas.com, that's livingwelldallas.com, they can find you. Mm -hmm. as well as the uh, the clinic itself is there uh, what else can you tell everyone about how they would like to connect with a integrative health coach like yourself um so i'm on all the social media platforms as well um under gabrielle grandel uh and then i have a youtube channel where i have some um some videos on there some healthful tips and i plan on continuing to add to that and uh and yeah, on the website, you'll be able to see my, um, the information. And then my email is Gabrielle at livingwelldallas.com. So we will, I would, oh, I'm sorry, Kim. I was going to say what I would really like to encourage. This was more of a get to know you. Let's just showcase Gabrielle as we've got this incredible person in Definitely. our city. Hopefully we'll be able to reconnect in the studio and be more in person. Um, what I would like to see is anybody listening, shoot some questions related to this yeah. and then maybe we bring her back and it's like a ask me anything episode and we get her, um, kicking some knowledge anything. about stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> AMA. AMA. Gabrielle again, Grandel with the AMA on GCP. That sounds really good. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll yeah, have, I'd love to come back. Yeah, well, that'd be awesome. It'll be easy, uh, easy to do. We'll have all of your uh, connectivity stuff listed in the show notes, of course, in today's show. If you're listening on the audio platform, just go over to gutcheckproject.com. Look under show notes for this episode number 37 with Gabrielle Grandel, and you can <laughs> connect with her as well as shoot us a question, and we can set up the AMA. Let's see here. You had one of those Pettit Mall seizures again. That's so <laughs> oh, cool. It sounds, it sounds so normal over here. <laughs> but I guess over there, it doesn't at all. But I can tell whenever y'all are laughing halfway through me talking that something is happening. Well, I, <laughs> we kind of look at each other through the whole Zoom, you know, like, like when you kind of get an idea of where you're looking on the screen. And so, yeah, <laughs> that, is, um, that is awesome. I love where you're coming from. I, I, we're, we're speaking the same language. I, I have a lot to learn. So, and that's kind of, I feel like, I. I'm, so I'm, I'm excited. Every time we uh, do something like this, we'll learn a little bit more. Yeah. Well, I was excited to be here and talk with you guys. I wanted to mention that not only do I see people in my uh, private practice, um, I also work with other practitioners that utilize me as their health coach. And so um, I have people in other parts of the country that, um, that have health coaching as part of their program that the people 
have purchased and then they have set amount of appointments with me. And so we do those over the phone or via video um, using the Doxy uh, website right now. Thank you so much for coming on. This is going to pretty much conclude episode number 37. This is Gabrielle Grandel. Thank you so much, Integrative Health Coach at Living Well Dallas. And I said it correct, right? LivingWellDallas.com? Uh-huh. That's right. LivingWellDallas.com. And uh, we will more uh, sooner rather than later have uh, Gabrielle on for, as Ken's already announced, an AMA episode, which <laughs> who knows how long that's going to go. Yeah, we got to figure some stuff out. If we Go to KVMDHealth.com. Look at the, the information we have there, the products we have there. And then eventually we're going to get uh, Gabrielle to give us some sort of uh, coupon code for our, for our listeners to get to... Uh, AMA or coaching or just just sweet vibes from her just put just putting it out there some self worth vibes yeah. make you feel better yeah. about yourself. Oh hey, last thing, can <laughs> you have talk to do, about it? Can you have to do the disclaimer about? Uh, oh, I keep forgetting to do that. Yeah, yes. we can't okay. be we can't so, be internet doctors. Gabrielle, as it turns out, we're talking about a lot of medicine and things like that. But if you do have any unusual symptoms, perhaps a weird rash, please do not use this show for the treatment of that. We are not here to diagnose or treat. We are here to give some information and have some fun. Go see your doctor if that rash does not clear up. <laughs> and anything else that's wrong. <laughs> I agree. That's our disclaimer. <laughs> that's, that's, that's our very official disclaimer. All right, yeah. folks. Thank you, uh, Gut Check Project and KBMD Health Community. Gabrielle, thank you once again. That's episode 37. We'll have everything up with show notes if you'd like to connect with her. And uh, we will see you all next time. Thank you. All right. Right on. Thank you, guys.